Welcome to the Moms for Wellness podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV. This is a podcast for moms who are passionate about being healthy and who are leading their kids to do the same. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, Mama. Today we are talking about the power that food has to heal us. Now, this was a very strange and kind of far out concept to me for a very long time. I mean, how can what we eat be so powerful? And I mean, I was trained in my mind to think that medicines and drugs and those things, that was what was used to heal our body. Just take some medicine and take this pill and something that I have been learning over the past several years is that I was trained and conditioned to think that way and maybe you can relate to that and it's just amazing to me the power that we hold in our own hands the power of choosing to create health in our bodies and just so much of that is decided by what we eat and I just think that's just such an amazingly powerful concept and my guest today is going to shed some powerful light on this concept as she was able to heal her ailments by changing what she eats. My guest today is Brandy Assetti. Brandy is a corporate professional who has become an ambassador for healthy plant-based eating after making changes to her diet which aided in the rapid recovery of her advanced autoimmune disease. She shares her personal experience with combating lupus nephritis using whole food, plant-based lifestyle, and the role nutrition plays in reducing inflammation and managing chronic diseases. She is a strong believer in being an advocate for your own health and healing the body by eliminating foods that can cause illness and fill it with foods that heal. Please help me welcome my guest and friend, Brandi Assetti. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Brandy. I am so glad you are here. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and just share your personal story. And I know this, you know, is, isn't, I don't think you go around, you know, just <laughs> saying this to everyone. So I'm just really grateful that you are willing to come and just share this with others. Yes. Well, thank you so much for the warm um, welcome and introduction. And um, thank you for joining, letting me join you today. Yeah, my pleasure. So why don't you share your story with us? So how, how did all this come about? Where, where, where did this start with you? So 20 years ago, I just did the math the other day. I can't believe it's been <laughs> it sounds that long. so long. 20 years. Uh, but 20 years ago, um, when I got pregnant with my son, uh, who was my firstborn, they do all of those routine blood work mm-hmm. uh, tests. And up until that point, I thought I was completely healthy. Mm-hmm. I just lived my life. I mean, I ate what I thought was a normal diet. Um, and uh, the blood work came back showing some indications of something going on. Hmm. And after seeing multiple doctors doing more tests, um, found out that I had a uncharacterized connective tissue disorder. Huh. I had no idea what that 
I, I was gonna say I don't even know what you just said. Like I, if you can break it down into plain English, that'd be great. Wait, can I can I ask you first? Like, were you so you said you you were pregnant with your or you had your son? Were you feeling not well, or no. it was just like standard blood work that just they were doing? Oh, wow. When you um, back in the day, yeah. Um, when you <laughs> we, got, we are got not pregnant. Um, <laughs> Your doctor would send you to just do normal routine blood tests. Okay. And, um, yeah, and I felt fine. Um, wow. I guess sometimes you don't know mm-hmm. what yeah. you're not feeling or what you are feeling if it's yeah. normal for you. Right. And so I did. I, I felt completely fine. My blood work came back, and some of the tests were a little frightening. Um, wow. The doctors uh, reacted pretty quickly. Hmm. I had... Um, really low blood platelets which is um, the components in your blood that help you clot Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were nervous that if (laughs) god forbid anything happened i wouldn't have what i needed to to uh, heal myself in that sense Um, so they did they sent me to multiple doctors and um, did more tests and connective tissue disorder which I didn't even know what a connective yeah. tissue was. What, um, yeah. so what is that? <laughs> connective tissues. Um, so your body is made up of tissues that connect all of the structures of your body within the body. Okay. And um, they are made up of two main proteins, elastin um, uh, and collagen, which as... Collagen's a, yes. <laughs> That's a we big know. buzzword. I think we just got... Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> Yes, but these are the the main proteins yeah. uh, that make up connective tissues, and um, a mixed connective tissue disorder, like I was diagnosed with, is a combination of multiple connective tissue disorders. But it doesn't hmm. quite uh, signify one specific disorder. So it's hmm. a little bit of everything, okay. but a lot of nothing. Okay. Um, and so it was uh, inflamed proteins, hmm. my connective tissues. Okay. I was young. I didn't know what this meant. I knew I felt fine. I was pregnant. I was happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went through my pregnancy, and they put me on steroids throughout my whole pregnancy. During your pregnancy? Yes. Did you hear that? I was. During your pregnancy? During my pregnancy. Wow. I was on prednisone for the duration of my pregnancy and a few months after. Um, It's a love-hate drug. Yeah. It's one of the ones that it really does help you feel better. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of side effects that yeah. are not desirable. Now, can I ask you, what, so when they put you on that then, so as far as you knew, you were feeling fine, didn't know any differently. So, And I know it's complicated with being pregnant, so that just adds a whole level of you're not, you're feeling very different and strange things being pregnant. But do you feel like you did, it did make you feel better that you didn't realize that you weren't feeling well or... It wasn't like this, like, I didn't major... Fe- no, I didn't okay. feel any major improvement of okay. of what I felt every yeah. day. Yeah, okay. Um, but again, I was pregnant, and, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, they... The pregnancy went fine. I didn't have really any complications. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Good. The medication they did put me on helped bring my platelets back up. Okay. So doctors relaxed a little bit. Okay. I was monitored very often, um, multiple doctor visits, um, 
uh, throughout the beginning, mm-hmm. through the beginning, throughout the entire pregnancy. And then my son was born, he was healthy, everything's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was put on a maintenance drug after that. After 15 hmm. months, I was able to stop taking uh, the steroids and they just put me on a maintenance drug that I've been on ever since. So wow. It's been a really long wow. Time. So then that, so what did that do? So that was mainly for the platelets then? It was just for this connective tissue okay. disorder that was um, causing inflammation and other things in the body. The thing with a connective tissue disorder is that it could lead into other autoimmune diseases. Okay. Um, it could cause lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or a multiple of other autoimmune diseases that are out there. It can okay. lead into that. Okay. And so I think the thought at that time by my doctors was to try to prevent or slow that down from okay. happening. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I, after that, um, lived my life normally, didn't do anything different. I was raising mm-hmm. a little boy mm-hmm. and, um, a couple years later got pregnant with my daughter and of course they wanted to monitor that. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two pregnancies for me was with my first pregnancy, I was the one that was sick. With my second pregnancy, my daughter actually had some symptoms because of my uncharacterized connective tissue disorder. Oh, interesting. So um, she was monitored closely. Um, She is now 17 years old. (laughs) You know, she's doing great. Um, But I just continued with the medications. Mm -hmm. And no one ever talked to me about changing your lifestyle or changing your diet or looking at things more holistic. Right, right. Um, So I just continued doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Then about three years ago, um, I started um, my blood work because I get monitored Mm -hmm. a lot. Makes sense. Blood work every, every couple of months doctors just out of preventative mm-hmm. measures right because um, over the years they had said I don't really have lupus I don't have any one thing that they could say a, a definite it okay was a little bit of this a little bit of that symptoms of this symptoms of that and what and you mentioned autoimmune disease like did were they saying you had an autoimmune disease or they thought this would lead into one that they were hoping you wouldn't get that autoimmune disease my feeling on it was that they thought it was going to be leading into something okay. more. Okay. Um, typically, it does, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the early medication okay. uh, was given, prescribed to me, so that mm-hmm. I could prevent that. And honestly, I was really lucky for for de- you know mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of symptoms. Um, I, you know, my biggest symptoms were fatigue. I had mm-hmm. some sensitivity to the sun, but nothing that you would read about all these autoimmune right. disease symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I felt like I was lucky. Yeah. But three years ago, my blood work started to change a little bit. Okay. And uh, we got a, a nephrologist, which is a kidney doctor, okay. uh, involved. And I had to do some biopsies of my kidneys. And it came back to where, actually, um, it was class 4, 
lupus nephritis, which oh is my goodness. out of, there's, there's six classes. Okay. So it's not, it's not the most mild. It's not the most extreme. Okay. The most extreme would be kidney failure. Okay. No one wants to hear that. Like, I mean, to go from like, yep, I'm on medication. I'm fine living my life to all of a sudden, like I'm seeing a nephrologist, like I know. it seems so abrupt. <laughs> it, and it was, it yeah. really was. And it was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I didn't really know what to think about it. But at that point, not only did I learn I had lupus nephritis, I learned I had lupus because now I had wow. enough symptoms to go ahead and classify what I, this uncharacterized connective tissue disorder had transitioned then into lupus. Interesting. Now, was lupus ever mentioned in the past by any doctors along the way as you might get it or you might have it or we're not sure it was always called lupus like hmm. so not quite there okay i think that what was the determining factor was how many of the symptoms i had interesting and i didn't quite have them all until would the, the would they would the medicine that they were giving you possibly be suppressing that so that you weren't getting symptoms that maybe otherwise without the medication you might have? Um, I would think that it had a positive effect on speeding up the progression if, mm. if it was going to progress. Yeah. Um, and I did, tolerated the medicine pretty mm -hmm. well. Yeah. As yeah. far as I know, I mean, when right. you're on something for you so don't long, know. you don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you Makes sense. Know yeah. What, what you're like without Right. It. Right. Um, but uh, I think, I think it did. I, I mean, it's still used regularly today mm -hmm. with uh, for helping rheumatoid arthritis and okay. and lupus and um, I probably will be on it for quite a while right yeah um, but what the the scary part for me when I was diagnosed with uh, lupus nephritis were the treatment options that I was given <sighs> so my rheumatologist and my nephrologist were working together they offered me three treatment op options. Um, two of those included chemotherapy. Chemotherapy. No one likes that word. Oh <laughs> like, I like that word. And I, so, so, so lupus nephritis. Like, I think. Can you give um, maybe I don't know, a, not textbook definition, but just like explain that a little bit to back up to before you continue on with telling about sure. what the options are because like okay, I was diagnosed with this, but like what is that? So lupus, we'll start with lupus, mm -hmm. um, because lupus nephritis comes out of lupus, but my, my feeling and understanding of lupus is that um, your body, your immune system creates antibodies mm -hmm. regularly, mm -hmm. every day, to fight off viruses and what colds we need to. and yeah. all of these foreign things that get into our bodies that aren't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, with an autoimmune disease, your body is creating those proteins, those antibodies, and um, it's attacking its own cells, its mm -hmm. own organs. And um, with lupus, it, it's exactly that. It's creating these proteins, these antibodies that, that go and attack your major organs. So your skin, your wow. brain, your lungs, your heart, any of these major organs, that's what the targeting is. And for me, wow. 
um, when lupus started to target and attack cells, it focused on my kidneys as the organ of choice. Wow. So, um, and, <laughs> organ of choice. <laughs> we choose yes, the kidneys. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and what this actually meant for me was um, my blood tests were showing, I felt fine, mm-hmm. but my blood tests were showing some protein in my urine, some blood okay. in my urine. You can't even see it. Trace wow. little parts, but it shows up in blood tests. Um, and fatigue, and there were some things that I guess, you know, when you're working mm-hmm. full time and you've got kids and <laughs> I guess like whatever, <laughs> is it fatigue yeah. or is it right. something more? Right. And, um, with the lupus nephritis, uh, the, the lupus had concentrated on the kidneys. It was affecting the kidney function. So mm. it caused so much inflammation mm. in the um, the cells of the, the kidneys that they weren't doing an adequate job of filtering out okay. the t- things that typically right. would go through your kidneys. Yeah. And so one some of those things would be the protein. So protein was getting through when it was supposed to be filtered out. Huh. Um, and this inflammation, if it's chronic enough, it can cause scarring of those wow. uh, cells that sometimes can't be repaired. Okay. And then it gets worse and it could cause kidney, um, kidney failure would be the, the worst, yeah. of it, which would require either a kidney transplant or um, dialysis. So it's... Wow. So here you are in the doctor's <laughs> office, like kind of out of the blue, right? I mean, you got your blood work done, got tests done, and you're hearing stage four out of one through six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not at failure, but here's your options. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, okay, so tell us what your, so chemotherapy was one of the options or two of the options? Two or? options. Two of the three options they gave me were uh, including chemotherapy um, and other immunosuppressant medications, high dose steroids, and a slew of other pills that they that they had given me. Wow. Um, the difference between the two uh, chemotherapy options was the duration of the chemo treatments. Okay. And then the third treatment was um, just medication based. Okay. Um, Doctors wanted me to make a decision right then. Right then. Right then and there. They wanted me to move forward quickly on trying to get myself healthy. Um, And um, I just had a really hard time with that. Like, it just wasn't making sense to me that we're only talking about medicinal uh, therapy Mm -hmm. to, to heal this. Yeah. And so I asked for a little bit of time. I said, it took a week. And I mm-hmm. did as much research as I could, trying to advocate mm-hmm. for my own health, try to learn as much as I can about the disease, about the treatments that were out there, about what you could do without medications hmm. that could help your body heal as well. Yeah. Um, and what I found out was that through reading books and online, you can do any, anything online now. <laughs> it's amazing the online resources. <laughs> exactly, that um, there are so many doctors out there, so many scientific studies done about how 
eating certain kinds of foods or eliminating um, toxins that you eat, that you consume on a regular mm-hmm. basis, how they affect your health. Mm-hmm. And there are some really great plant foods out there that actually will reduce inflammation, will reverse diseases, and I was very interested in learning more about that. Interesting. So we are going to, this is perfect little um, place to come and just pause for a moment because we are almost out of time in our first segment, but we will pick up your story in the second segment. So you were in the office, you've asked for time, you went and did research, you've seen all these other options of changing your diet, changing your lifestyle. Um, so we are going to find out what Brandy decided to do and and how that turned out for you um, when we come back. So you are listening to Moms for Wellness. I am Jenny Hardy with Brandy Assetti, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Moms for Wellness, and I am here with my guest, Brandy Assetti. And we were just talking about uh, Brandy's story about her decision with lupus nephritis, um, having that diagnosis and being given only medicinal options. Um, but she was like, hold on, time out. I'm going to do some research. She did her research. And what did you decide? What did you do? So I went back and gathered my doctors together and um, told them that I would like to proceed with the option without doing chemotherapy. I knew that I would have to be on some sort of medications in order to um, stop the progression of Mm -hmm. what had already started. Um, And I was hoping that I could could try the treatment that had them, the pills. So mm-hmm. I was on a lot. I was on a lot of pills. Mm-hmm. My goal f- for that was that I can be on medication for a shorter period of time mm-hmm. and that I would I would also change my diet, change my lifestyle to incorporate the things that I learned by doing all my research. And mm-hmm. I brought this to my doctor's attention and you know, it's. I know they had very good intentions for me, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't really uh, understand where I was coming from with wanting to really use food to help me heal. Hmm. Um, it was a little bit surprising to me as well. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you their response, so that is interesting. So not only did they not suggest it or recommend it or talk to you about it, they were a little bit taken aback by the thought that you would do that, or? Just a little bit, and I, I think that um, they've been very good doctors, mm-hmm. um, and I, I still work with them mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, I, I just think that um, the mindset was, okay, we need to get on mm-hmm. this, we need to do something about it quickly, we need to move forward, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's what they were, that that was the intent. Yeah. Um, So they were a little hesitant about that third choice that I chose because Mm -hmm. it was a newer medication. There wasn't as much research and years of data Mm. that had been, uh, you know, put together, compiled for Mm -hmm. the results. Um, But then my rheumatologist actually, after I made that decision, went out and did a lot more research on her own. She called me back and she's like, I think I'm I think I'm okay with that 
that choice. So we we went ahead, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know my nephrologist said that you know not to expect anything to happen too quickly. Um, it's most likely you're not going to be in remission for at least a year. Um, okay. It's going to be a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the very next day, I started my treatments. I had three days of intense high-dose steroid uh, treatments, and then we went from there um, with the medications. And I that's the day that I changed my lifestyle it was cold turkey there was wow uh you know a complete difference between the day before and the day i started um the new lifestyle let's call it wow and what i had learned was that um animal products uh, that you consume cause inflammation Mm. and uh, that includes all meats dairies eggs fish even honey believe it or not honey is considered to be from an animal so i went full fledged ahead Hmm. i eliminated all all animal products from my from my diet Um, Because your goal was to reduce the inflammation, because inflammation was the key to what you were dealing with as an autoimmune disease. Exactly, because it's been shown that chronic inflammation causes chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I had learned about what was happening in my kidneys and in my body in general was caused by inflammation. And my goal was to try to reduce inflammation without Mm -hmm. having to use medications to do that. Yeah. I didn't have to. And that makes total sense because you had the medications to deal with the acute problem right then, but then you were going to use the lifestyle change to reduce inflammation overall in your body to just pull everything to take away the feeding of it, I guess. Yes. Yes. And so I, what I did, I did something extreme because I was, I was really in the need to heal mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. I wasn't just trying to keep myself healthy mm-hmm. and prevent right. things from happening. Right. I had to heal myself. And so um, I removed all animal products, mm-hmm. um, but then there, I removed all processed foods. Processed foods are just filled with so many things mm-hmm. that that are not good for us for many reasons Um, and um, I removed oils from my diet Um, there's there's some misconceptions about oils okay Uh, and this is another hot topic like right now it's just interesting this was several years ago that you were doing all this Mm -hmm. and I do think it's interesting because I feel like you know oils especially seed oils like there's a lot of talk about that now so what did you do? What did you find in your research, and, and what did you do? Well, oils are full of elements that cause inflammation. Um, there's a little bit of a back and forth that I've heard about olive oil. Mm-hmm. You know, I think olive oil is probably one of the healthiest oils you can have, but it still has a lot of omega-6s in mm. it, which um, are um, inflammatory mm. um, proteins. And um, and so if you're going to use an oil, that's probably the best one to do. But for me, I was not even any, none at all. What about avocado oil? So I didn't use any. Okay. I didn't use any. Um, And amazingly enough, there's a whole (laughs) 
group of people out there who love to share recipes yeah. online, in books, about not being able to cook uh, without using oils. Hmm. And it's amazing. You can yeah. really do anything. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of support out there mm-hmm. for that. But basically, I just followed a couple rules. I got rid of all animal products. I got rid of oils. I um, eliminated processed foods from mm-hmm. my diet. Yep. And then there were some things I did to kind of get myself a little bit healthier mm-hmm. um, and start to heal and nourish the cells that were mm-hmm. were damaged. And that was to really go more of a raw diet yeah um, because you get more nourishment and nutrients from raw vegetables mm-hmm. and fruits than you do if they're cooked right um, and or frozen uh, mm-hmm. however you can buy them um, so I really made it a point to make 75% of my wow. daily foods raw this was hard for me. Yeah. I love warm comfort foods. And wintertime, that's uh, tough too. Like we live in the Northeast, so like exactly. that's tough. It is. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I just, I made that my priority and mm. I did a lot of green smoothies. Yeah. I did a lot of salads. Mm. Um, Try to just flood my body with mm. raw fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And then, you know, I kind of, gave myself a little treat for dinner time. Yeah. I would throw some grains in there that were cooked mm-hmm. and some okay. cooked vegetables, but really try to heal myself yeah. first. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, drinking lots of water mm-hmm. and, um, and, and taking care of yourself overall in general. Mm-hmm. And I was in remission after five months, so. Wow. I really think that wow. had a lot to do with that's my choice. amazing. So if you remember what the what you said the doctor said was a year if that like don't get your hopes that's up right. so, you know and then like 5 months you five were months. able remission. Mhm. That's amazing, Brandy. I know. Wow. That's why I'm so passionate about this. I mean, I'm passionate about food. Who, who doesn't yeah, like food? Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Like, food is amazing. <laughs> but seriously yeah. passionate about this. And I'll tell you, like you don't have to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, there's times like I even recently over the holidays kind of let mm-hmm. let things go, and I would eat whatever I wanted here and there. But you know, you feel the difference. Yeah, yeah. And that to me shows right there. You know, get I don't have the joint pain. I sleep better. I have more yeah. energy, more focus. Um, you're able to um, be in a better mood mm-hmm. and you don't feel so heavy and bloated like some of the animal products would make me feel. And I think that's so interesting. I think that's such a great point because I feel like a lot of times we don't know how like we don't know how we really feel because that's how we've always felt and then once you do a drastic change of your diet maybe not even drastic taking one major thing out that does cause inflammation because that's usually the main thing you realize like oh I didn't know I could feel this good and so it, it is amazing the difference and once you get used to living that way you don't want to go back to the other you don't want to put that stuff back in your diet that makes you feel like crap I know and and that's exactly that's exactly true um, like I said I've I've kind of once I got myself heal, healed mm-hmm. um, I stuck with it for 
for quite a while afterwards. And then, you know, the summer came, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but I want a lobster roll. Or, you, you <laughs> yes, know, some, exactly, the fun things. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, uh, every now and then would mm-hmm. have, have something. And I just realized, I just didn't like the way it made me feel. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't want to take the chances either mm-hmm. of my blood work changing, yeah. something, the inflammation increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think even though I was in remission, the disease is still there. Right. Um, and I didn't want to take any chances yeah. of having it come back and come back with a vengeance and then something more drastic has to have yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think that, um, there are things you can do and you don't even need to go 100% plant-based, um, there are some cautions out there. There's a lot of really bad vegan food out there. Yeah. It's processed. I think that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you can say you're vegan or you're plant-based. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean healthy. Right. It's choosing the healthy plant-based mm-hmm. options, the whole grains. Yeah. Um, but even if you don't want to get rid of animal products, bringing in the, the good food, mm-hmm. adding the good foods to your to your diet is going gonna, yeah. gonna to help. Absolutely. So what have you found? So let's kind of go through some of the things that you did. So you said a lot of specific things that you did. Um, What did you, what are the, so let's kind of review because you did say some of the key things that do cause inflammation. What did you find are like some of the main things that you were like, okay, if you really want to cut out that inflammation, so animal products, so all animal products whatsoever. All animal animal products, so meats, um, fish, eggs, dairy, um, those are, those are the big ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, those are the the ones that people think that they need because Mm -hmm. these are providing protein. Yeah. And a lot of times uh, people are actually eating too much protein and they don't know Mm. because everywhere you go extra protein Mm -hmm. there's protein shakes even Mm -hmm. to to supplement your normal protein intake Mm -hmm. and you know it probably depends on the person and uh, whatever a nutritionist would tell you that you would Mm -hmm. need based on your lifestyle right but for me um, I found that I was able to get adequate protein just by my choice mm-hmm. of um, the plants I was eating. So you can get a lot of protein from your grains, mm-hmm. um, whole grains, brown rice, quinoa, mm-hmm. there, you know, oats. There's so many different options out there. Um, but even, even vegetables provide protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are some of the... Um, what is some of the pushback then that, um, or, or maybe not pushback, but just questions people have? Like you said, protein is one of them. Okay, so Brandy, how am I going to get my protein? Um, what are some of the other things that people will say? Like I know, like especially when you hear dairy-free or taking out those things, people are like, well, how do you get your calcium? Mm-hmm. So did you hear things like that or have people ask you? I mean, it was one of my concerns mm-hmm. because after being on steroids for so long and then yeah. having recent um, doses of, of high uh, dose steroids. I mean, mm-hmm. osteoporosis is mm-hmm. something you have to take into account. Mm-hmm. Um, so, calcium intake was important to me. Mm-hmm. And but it's the same thing, you know. Your green leafy vegetables, mm-hmm. you can get adequate amounts of of calcium, just like you can get adequate mm-hmm. amounts of of protein just yeah. using plants. Yeah. And what are the what are the some 
surprising things because I know one thing that you had shared with me um, about wine that I thought was fascinating. I would have never considered. So this was something that I had learned um, um, kind of midway through my um, revolution airy way of eating yeah is um because i would still have a glass of wine here and there um i didn't get rid of that altogether um but i had found out later on that you know most wines most alcohols a lot of alcohols aren't vegan they they aren't plant-based and you think you're having a glass of grapes <laughs> and, you right know, fermented grapes. Yeah. you don't think barley wheat you yeah. know whatever it is exactly. why why would there be animal products in that it just never why crossed there be? my mind and um, i did find out that part of the finishing pro- process of of wines and um, certain alcohols is they use parts of animals to to process that so it it really was an eye-opener to me because yeah what what else are these products in yeah i think we're that we don't know right exactly the food that we're eating that is the question yeah. right yeah and they come, sometimes you'll see ingredients on on boxes and it you don't even know it's an animal product yeah it has a different name to it that you wouldn't mm-hmm. recognize so it's it's really important that you you know what you're mm-hmm. ingesting yeah and and then make the decision there do i right. do i want to eat this or do I not want to eat it? But that was a surprising thing for me. Um, Another thing too is that's really important for people who choose to do uh, plant-based diets is to make sure you get enough vitamin B12. Uh, Vitamin B12 is not made by animals or plants uh, for the majority of plants. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually, um, it's actually like a microbe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bacteria. Yeah. Um, and um, a lot of times we get it through our animal product consumption because it's in the grounds that they're stepping on and uh, okay. the things, the grasses they're eating. Mm-hmm. And um, so we typically get sufficient amount of vitamin B12 with a normal American diet mm-hmm. of meats and dairies. Yeah. Um, but if you eliminate those items from your from your diet, you're going to want to look into a supplement. Okay, that. so that would be supplementation mm-hmm. you're talking mm-hmm. about then. So mm-hmm. that wouldn't be from any vegetables that you would be able to get. That. There are some super foods that have B12 in it, um, and I don't have the list in front of me. That I would we would have to look that okay, up. Okay, yeah. Um, but there's certain there's certain ones, a few specialized um, plants that okay. you can get B12 in. But, but the best I do case would be yeah to do mm-hmm. that. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Very interesting. And I guess one other thing that was a little bit of a challenge for me, I'm a big foodie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to cook. I love to dine out. Um, I love to explore different restaurants and different mm-hmm. places, uh, the food that they serve there, um, was learning how to eat out. Yes. It's it's tricky, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, and it's not just for people who are whole food, plant-based trying to decipher what they're eating. I think it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, even vegetarians who still uh, ingest dairy products, um, a, a lot of cheeses, you think, oh, it's cheese. It's mm-hmm. not, 
it, you know, it's, it's okay, it's a vegetarian, but a lot of cheeses even are processed using parts of animals. So, hmm. um, you know, Parmesan cheese being one of them, you, know, you can do all kinds of yeah, research Yeah, do, do uh, your research. Really. <laughs> uh, but uh, it could be a whole nother yeah. uh, segment here. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, learning how to adjust when you are going to a friend's house for dinner mm -hmm. or going out to restaurants. All the social situations. Mm -hmm. And um, it's still somewhat difficult sometimes, mm -hmm. depending on what kind of event you're going to. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the world has opened up a little bit more mm -hmm. to being um, uh, conscious and open to other ways of eating yeah. and provide some good Agreed. options. Mm -hmm. um, but what I have found is that <clears throat> most places you can, you can make you can find something mm -hmm. to eat. You yeah. know, if you are going out for pizza, you get a pizza without cheese and just load up on the vegetables. Yeah. Um, if you're going out for grinders or subs, you get to throw all the vegetables on there. And if you like vinegar, mm -hmm. put some vinegar on there. If you like yeah. mustard, put some mustard on there. And that's all fine. Um, you know, you can... And you would have the gluten, though? Because you said the whole grains and stuff, so... So I'm okay. I don't okay. have a gluten intolerance. I know it does affect some people mm -hmm. and cause inflammation in some people. Mm -hmm. um, if I have control over it, I, I do like uh, to do the whole grains, mm -hmm. um, which to me... But every now and, and, and then, like other things. Wheat, but, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yes, so I don't have a, an intolerance to it, so mm -hmm. um, I do eat it occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, but you can definitely find uh, gluten-free options. Yeah, that would be mm -hmm. like at home when I make pasta, I use a quinoa pasta. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it tastes just like your regular standard pasta. Yeah, my family. <laughs> if you don't tell them, it. they won't know. They will never know. <laughs> Even yeah. my husband, who's an Italian, will tell you that he. He loves that one out of all of the other ones. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yes, it's um, learning to 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 even be prepared before you go out. So mm -hmm. if you know you're going to a certain restaurant, check out the menu. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of times they're wanting to make sure that you have mm -hmm. what you what you need when you are dining with them. Yeah. So even if you call them ahead and see what yeah. they could do for you, and uh, they would they. I appreciate the heads up because I think they really want to accommodate all that's of their awesome. guests. And that's a really good point, too, because it's not, I think people, the world, restaurants are a lot more open to things and, and have that awareness. And I think it's really powerful, too, just to be able to hear your story and understand the stories and the reasons behind. Not that that is, should be necessary for mm -hmm. someone to be understanding, but I think it's helpful because I think then, you know, when people will think, oh, it's just a fad or just not understand that there are real medical reasons behind these decisions that people are making. And so I think that just gives more understanding and more respect for those decisions too. Absolutely. And anything we can do to take control of our health, um, there's so many diseases that plague the American population mm -hmm. that could be um, un kept under control or even reversed by mm -hmm. the way they eat by incorporating these healing foods into yeah. their diet. Um, everything from heart disease, 
high blood pressure, mm-hmm. diabetes, yeah, even cancers and you know obesity, the things that we all see and hear about every single day. We can we we do have some control over that and I think that um, the way we eat and what we choose mm-hmm. uh, as our diets help to uh, keep those things under control. Agreed. And uh, you said that so beautifully. I, I couldn't even <laughs> add anything more to that. I mean, that was, and, and, and as moms too, the, the power, I don't know, power is the right word, but the, the ability that we have to be able to pass that on to the next generation mm-hmm. in our household, in our family, to help empower them to make good, healthy decisions for their lives too. That's right. And the earlier you start teaching your kids to make to make good food choices mm. it gets harder the older they get yes it does especially with teenagers <laughs> <does>. yes um <laughs> yeah and, but they my kids love salads mm-hmm. you know they'll eat the vegetables and the plant-based foods i make yeah. um, and if i can if i can have them choose that and enjoy that the majority of the time mm-hmm. yeah. i think that builds a solid foundation mm-hmm. for when they're older and you know they're they're more in tune to being healthy and mm-hmm. and deciding what they want to eat um so anything we can do to kids i mean i've i heard some some studies i've read some some articles about how today's children the the way that they, the, the options that they have for them and the, the choices um, that they can make for food, uh, it's it's going to cause so many more problems mm-hmm. later. Yeah. And all of these uh, childhood illnesses that are happening and uh, people having um, more ailments mm-hmm. earlier in life. And it's, it's, it's sad to me to think that there's so much marketing for the bad foods Mm -hmm. and not enough marketing for the good foods. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't know. That just gave me an idea. Like maybe we could do something with marketing for the good foods. (laughs) We'll come come up with something like market the good things. But that's the power, like, you know, marketing moms. Ooh, that could be, yeah. Yeah, as moms, we do our own marketing for our, our, towards our kids. And, you know, and, and I think, I think that is so powerful to just be able to shape them with their decisions as they grow up. And like you said, it's not about perfection. It's mm-hmm. not about all the time. It's That's about right. a majority of the time. And I love what you said too, and something that I've tried to say with my children, it's choosing the healthy option. We want you to be healthy. Like this is how to take care of your body mm-hmm. and framing it that way, as opposed to however else it might be said, but but to be the best that you can be and that you can run and jump and play and do all the things and think well. And this is to, to help your body function the best way it can. That's right. That's right. And I think there's pe- people have a good awareness of what's bad for them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this, I know I shouldn't eat fried foods and I know I shouldn't have this and I know sugar is not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they know the bad foods, but I don't think they're recognizing that the good foods are actually not just good, they're, they're healing. Yes. Um, and, yes. and when it comes to talking to your kids and um, having influence over them, not only being positive about these mm-hmm. good foods that are, are, are going to help them maintain their health, um, but it's, it's saying, oh, you can't have these bad foods. Mm-hmm. but more often it'd be better to say oh you 
these are the good foods. Here's why they are and here's what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that just gave me an idea. So maybe that's what we'll do on future episodes is talking about those good foods and what makes them so good so that you can be encouraged as a mom to be able to help your child eat these things. Well, Brandy, thank you so, so much for being willing to come on and just share your heart and share your personal story with us. I know that it touched so many women, so many moms, so many people, whoever is listening. And um, I'm just so grateful that you were willing to come on. So thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining me on the Moms for Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Moms for Wellness podcast and leave a five-star rating or review. It really is helpful and we would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.